This is the Child Deception Podcast powered by Awana. My name is Ross. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to season five. Goodness gracious, it is a privilege to be able to do this. And uh, to kick things off, I am joined by Sam Luce. Sam, you've actually been on this podcast more often than me. So uh, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be here. I'm glad that you're able to join me. (laughs) It's really good to see you, man. Um, so Sam, for those who don't know, you are a dear friend of the ministry. You have, you and I have become friends from doing this so many times, but, um, can you let folks know, uh, where you work, what's the scope of your ministry and how long you've been connected to this world? Sure. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I oversee, I'm technically the, the pastor of global ministries, which is, I oversee kids and youth and worship and discipleship and a few other things and uh at a church called redeemer church in upstate new york not that one uh the less the lesser known redeemer church in upstate new york and uh, i've been here uh, i've been doing kids ministry i've done a different several different roles at this church but uh, i've been here for 26 years and um yeah so it's i'm honored to be a part and i'm excited to uh to share with you and appreciate the work you guys do in awana yeah well it is, you are such a uh, wonderful partner in all that we do with work in the Child Discipleship Forum um, and tons of initiatives. So I would inc- highly encourage folks to check out the show notes where they can learn more about your ministry, Sam. So I want to dive into a couple of specific things. Those who uh, are listening or are watching this know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about volunteers. You know, this is the season where there are certain folks who are already sort of fully in volunteer recruitment, engagement. They've already built their team. There are spreadsheets that already exist um, that have lists of teams. And then there are certain folks who saw this podcast pop up in their feeds and they're going, oh, shoot. Minis- the ministry season as it exists starts in six weeks and I got to get my act together. Mm-hmm. You, in your time, have existed and you've seen, kind of seen it all. I'm curious when you think of the word volunteers, why is this such a thing? Why is this such a persistent issue in the world of children's ministry, but also in the world of church more broadly? Well, I think uh, in children's ministry specifically, it is a big deal because there you need so many volunteers to be able to truly disciple kids. I mean, if you were going to just uh, keep them in a room and play sharks and minnows and toss, you know, goldfish crackers at them, you would need two people. Uh, but because we're trying to truly disciple kids, you got to break those groups down into smaller groups where kids can can uh, learn uh, the truths of God's word and, uh, and how to apply them to their lives. It requires um, lots of creativity. It requires lots of nuance. It requires lots of intentionality and um, age-appropriate teaching and face-to-face communication with kids to say, hey, this is what this means, and here's how God has worked in my life. And I think uh, that's why that's why volunteers are so important. It's because it's not just one person, you know, just trying to keep the, the kids at bay until the, the pastor's done. You know, it is, um, you are trying to form them into the image of Christ. And that takes, that takes many people and many different people saying many different things in many different ways. And so um, I think out of all the ministries in the church, uh, kids ministry is definitely the most volunteer intensive, I would say. Sure. Is, 
there's this there's this perception that exists though that it is about just kind of keeping kids busy that it is just about relegating them to the basement or as far away from where church is really happening as possible and when you think about the sort of most fruitful and successful volunteer teams you've seen i would imagine those teams are united in mission and united in a culture of discipleship but that doesn't happen by accident how you know in teams you've led or teams you've even just been a part of when folks are building that team what does that process look like yeah, so I, mean, I think it's, um, th- there's a few things just practically, I'd say, is, if, is philosophically, you have to start with from this understanding that I'm not recruiting them uh, for something, I'm recruiting them to something. Mm. So I'm recruiting them in such a way uh, that I'm not just getting them to do a function so that I, it's off my plate. You know, it's not, just, it's not just delegation so I don't have to do something. It is you're recruiting them into this calling uh, to truly disciple kids, to truly uh, help kids see the beauty of Christ every day. And what that requires from you as a leader is to train them in how to do that, but also to disciple them. Because uh, the main reason why most people and kids ministry leaders, uh, pastors, volunteers don't disciple other people is because they've never been discipled themselves. So you have to disciple them in such a way and you have to help them and train them in such a way that they, that they do that reflexively. They do that and they see the value in that. And so uh, in some ways, it's a lot easier. Uh, one, um, I do a podcast with a couple of friends and we talked about all the different ministry models. And I think sometimes it might require a shift in the model of how you do ministry in order to be more intentional, to have enough volunteers and to have the right kind of volunteers to truly disciple kids. And there's strengths and weaknesses to each model. But uh, that might be an issue. That might be an issue. It might be something you need to look at is, is what model of ministry do we have and how um and does it achieve the goals that we're trying to accomplish for our church? Yeah. And um, so I think that that it's important that you know what you're what you're called to, what you're asking of them, and that you that you recruit in the right way. And I think I think a lot of times kids ministry leaders lead apologetically. You know, so what, when I say that, I mean they they say like, well, you know, I'm so sorry, but could I, you know, could you would you mind helping me for two weeks, uh, for ten minutes uh, after the thing? You know, we try to we try to minimize the impact to them instead of maximizing the, the impact of, of them to the kids. Yeah. We try to say, we try to sell them on, it's not going to take you much time. We can get you, you know, you can just stop down, you know, while the, while the offerings being taken takes place, you know, uh, you can just slip out and you can uh, throw some, you know, throw some crackers at the kids and then, and then leave. <laughs> it's, it's saying what we're asking you to do is to take some time during your week to pray and prepare to understand what the impact of the gospel is in this lesson and how to apply that to a kid. And I'll help you know how to do that so we can see more fruit from our ministry Hmm. together. One of the things that I think is unique about your gifts as a communicator, but also your perspective and how you lead is what you just said, which is together. And I think when I think about volunteer recruitment specifically, one of the things that I imagine is a huge pain point for this community is the ways in which it, this can sometimes feel, I'm going to use the word distraction. That's not quite the right word, but you can get distracted by the task. Mm-hmm. You can get distracted by, okay, I got to make sure that I got three people in that room, four people in that yeah. room, six people in that room, right? Yeah. And that can cause you to lose the vision in this. Yeah, yeah. 
as someone who has um, walked the walk, how do we help folks understand that the task has to happen, Yeah. but the task is only going to happen when you are, the task is going to happen most sustainably when you don't lose sight of the vision. Yeah, totally. And I think you have to start with number one, knowing that it is never over. Like you never stop recruiting for volunteers. It isn't a season. It isn't a uh, time that you're, you're always doing it. You know, number two, I would say that you have to externalize it. You have to get it outside of your head. I know one of the mistakes I always made was uh, I always needed like a, a two-year-old teacher, or a three-year-old teacher. And I'd be like, oh, and so I'd fill in there and then I'd run over here and do something else. And I, I was running all over like crazy when I was, when I started and, and I, then I'd forget about it until the next Sunday. And then I'm running all over again. And so what I did was I externalized all my volunteer positions, put them on a board, fill the name. If there was an empty spot, then I would pray. I would say, God, show, show me somebody in our church that, that, that is capable of discipling kids at this age. Bring someone to our church um, that is capable of discipling people this age. And, um, you know, and I would try to fill those holes. And I always had, always had lots of empty spaces. And it, it also allowed me to ask specifically, say, hey, I need a I need a third grade small group leader. Is that something you can do? I need I need someone who can pr- do a Bible story. Is that something that you're gifted towards? I need a worship leader here. And so it allows you to recruit more specifically, more um, intentionally. And that big board was on my wall and people would ask me what it is. And I would say, I'm glad you asked because uh, it's a list of all the people that are volunteering in my kids ministry. And you know that I put their names in this boxes. You know what's interesting is your name isn't on there. So which box would you like to put your name on? And, uh, but ultimately what it comes down to is I think we, we have to realize that it's something we always do, something we externalize, but it's something we have to ask God for his grace and his help in doing. Yeah. Because we, we, we will be frustrated. We will be upset. I remember one time when I had all my boxes filled this one time, Ross, I had every single box full and I looked at the board and, you know, I thought to myself, I thought I'm the greatest children's pastor in the world. <laughs> all my box is full. Yep. Like, that was exactly yep. what I said to him. You know, I was like uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know. Um, <laughs> and you know what happened? You know what happened that week? My I have a few rang, guesses, but yeah. Seven people quit that week, yeah. seven. So. <laughs> No. So that was a reminder that, <laughs> that I am not the greatest children's pastor in the world, that Jesus builds the church and yeah. I need to pray more than I need to boast. Mm. There is such beauty though in that tactic. <laughs> if I may, just to affirm, like having that as a focal point of getting it out of your head. Yeah, making sure that it's there so that it is a conversation starter, but also Mm -hmm. so that it's there that when you aren't running around constantly having that as an internal debate within yourself. Um, Yeah. I imagine there's a lot of people right now picturing like which wall in their office they could have a similar thing happen. So I'm, I'm glad you went there. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Even though Amazing Faith grows in midweek ministry, at Awana, our mission is to reach as many kids as we can with the gospel. Why stop at midweek when so many families visit church on the weekend? So we created Bright, a biblical weekend curriculum for pre-K and elementary age kids. Bright ignites kids' interest in the Bible through activities for all kinds of learners, 
vibrant videos, and big questions to make their wheels turn. And leaders love it because it's flexible for all types of settings. Plus, we include helpful tools that cover in the trenches topics, like having healthy small group discussions and handling tricky behavior. But most importantly, Bright is centered on the Bible. Every lesson points straight to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Download a free four-week series at brightcurriculum.com to see how Bright can foster lasting faith in the children in your ministry. The other thing that I think is important to stress, and I know you, you talk about this a lot, though, is you said or you've said this already. Like one of the main challenges in child discipleship is so many of the folks that we are asking to disciple these kids were never discipled themselves, mm-hmm. and. I was having a conversation with our mutual friend, Hunter Williams, who's a missionary for Awana in Tennessee. And he, we had this moment where like, maybe kids are actually kind of the easy ones in terms of discipleship compared to adults, yeah. because, you know, we're having to be, leaders are having to deal with adults who are showing up late, who are quitting at the last minute, who are on their phones during a large group time who are, you know, fill in the blank with whatever those challenges are. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of conversation around recruiting volunteers, training volunteers. Mm -hmm. But I think there's not as much conversation around caring for volunteers. Right. We talk about retaining. We talk about how it's like, hey, we want to make sure we keep them. But we don't necessarily talk about how or why. Right what are the ways in which that is proven to be successful for you? And how do we often wind up getting that wrong where people are walking out the door? A much shorter way of asking that question would have been, why'd those seven people walk away, Sam? (laughs) (laughs) Well, those specific seven people walked away because of my uh, hubris, I believe. Uh, So, but why we want to recruit, uh, to retain volunteers is because, um, because uh, for their good and God's glory, number one, obviously, yeah. because uh, I think in that that proximity in any size church, any proximity that you have to another adult in that way, um, you're 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 forming them into the image of Christ through conversations you're having, through helping prepare them to lead kids ministry. Um, how do you do that? And I, th- I think that's uh, there's a, there's a lot of different things you can do, but I think I think the the most important thing you can do is um, disciple them yourself through conversations, through pointing them to Jesus, through preparing them uh, when they're when they're working on their lesson lesson plan, and then just letting them know that, man, you're more important to this church and to me for who you are than what you do. And I, th- and I think that we don't do that enough. We get so task-orientated and we're so busy trying to be efficient with problems that we're not patient with people. And the, what I always tell my, my leaders is, listen, we are efficient with problems so we can be patient with people. Like the, all our efficient energy and all of our leadership skills and all of the things that we, you know, the effective books that people read about leadership are not for people. They're for tasks. Uh, pastoring, loving, caring, nurturing is for people. And we want to be a good leader. We want to be good at administration. We want to be good at time management so that we can handle problems efficiently and have time to love and care for people in a way that God loves and cares for us. Hmm. 
And I think we get that wrong and people feel it and they know it. And they say, I'm just here. You're just using me to accomplish what you want rather than us loving them in such a way that we direct them to Christ incessantly. One of the things, ooh, so <laughs> for those of you who haven't had the privilege of talking to Sam Luce before, this happens basically every time you talk to Sam where there's a moment where you go, oh no, I now have to rethink several things within the context of my own life and ministry. Um, when I was ready to go forward with the conversation, now I have to go back and like rearrange several things in my own life. So thank you. Um, because uh, that's could not be more right on. Um, the thing that I'm curious about with that though, is I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this or watching this and going like, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. When? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah uh, okay, sure. But I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And we were talking before we started, like, the the connection that i'm hoping to be able to make here when we talk about volunteer teams is that you dear listener have an opportunity with the team that you build around the children's ministry in your church to help shape the culture of your church because the child discipleship that happens in your church can transform your church and i say that because we see it happen every day at a woman mm -hmm. can you speak to how someone who particularly is feeling overburdened can look at all that you're talking about as part of a mission and not more tasks on their plate. Yeah. So I think your mission is to, is to train and develop people in such a way that you are not doing anything on Sunday morning, but loving and caring for the people that are serving the kids. The problem most kids pastors have is that they get into kids ministry because they want to help kids. They want to teach kids. But really, it doesn't matter if you're in a church of five kid with five kids or 5,000 kids. Your job as a kids ministry leader is to lead the people who lead the kids in your church. And if that's one other person uh, in a church with five kids, then that's one other person. But your job is to is to train and develop people uh, into the image of Christ in such a way that they can do the same for kids. And then you, what you do is you go around on Sunday morning and you touch base with them. You say, hey, how's it going? How's, thank you so much for what you do. I so appreciate you. And, and so you do it in those moments in between times and transition moments. And you say, hey, what's going on? I heard, you know, I saw on Facebook that your, your daughter's sick. Tell me about that. You know, and so you're using Sunday morning to its maximum effect in a way where you're legitimately caring for them. And you're also praying. I would always pray. I'd say, God, you know, uh, help me to take notice of the person I need to I need to spend time with this week and I need to encourage most this week. And, and God's always faithful. I would, I would find someone and say, Hey, listen, can we go out to, can we get coffee this week? You, God's put you on my mind this week. And I just want to, I just want to meet and just hear, hear, hear what's going on with you and your family and just let you know that we care about you and everything you do and handwritten notes go a long way. And, um, let people, letting people know that you appreciate them and, and practicing gratitude to God for them and to them for what they do. I think uh, in very simple ways um, goes a long way to know that I genuinely care for you. Uh, not just about are you doing your job adequately, but how is what is the condition of your soul? And when you see that 
that people on your team are struggling, uh, you address it and you step in and you say, Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? Can I pray for you? And, and you just, you just carve out time during the day, uh, during that week when you're not running around covering all these different positions, you can be a non-anxious presence as a Mark Sayers calls it. You can be a non-anxious present in a world that is so chaotic in so many ways. And there's so many moving parts in kids ministry, but as the kids, kids ministry leader, the kids pastor, whatever, you're called at your church. Your job is to pastor the people that God's placed in front of you, and that's the adults. Really, that is a almost counterintuitive thing that I think every person who's listened, who's been in this longer than a couple of days, figures out. But I think it's important to make sure it's really plain for folks who maybe are brand new to this conversation. You know you've been a part of many of these conversations. Olana has taken a part in a lot of research projects. And one that we did recently that y'all are going to hear more about as the year progresses was about how children's ministry leaders spend their time versus what we as a community talk about is most important. And you see that clear contrast of what we, we talk about how child discipleship is most important. There's a clear consensus around that. And I emphasize clear consensus in the year of our Lord, 2023. That is a hard thing to come by regardless, right? And yet, the way we spend our time are not on the things that produce child discipleship. There is a way to embrace that and not be burdened by that. And there is a way to shift that so that we as a community are about the things of child discipleship. And I love what you said earlier about embrace, about being a non-anxious presence for people so that your job is to just love the people that are there. And I would hope that people, if your church is 5,000 people or your church is five people, you are figuring out ways and thinking through ways that that can make sense in your context. Mm -hmm. I feel like you and I talk about this every time we talk, but I know that one of the things you're really passionate about is that is adapting this no matter the size of your church context. So many times when we have a conversation, it feels like we're doing this just for one type of church, mm-hmm. usually a big church, and we're forgetting smaller churches. So I want to really specifically call out, if I'm someone who's operating in a small church, uh, you know, maybe I'm actually having to sort of form a coalition with other churches in order to build, you know, like a midweek ministry as an example. Right. How do I, is there anything different about what you're talking about or is it actually the same process of making sure that I'm loving people well? No, I mean, I think, uh, one of the, one of the gifts, I guess you want to call it or challenges, I would say to, to multi-site churches, um, that of, of which we are one, um, is that you have, uh, startup church problems, small church problems, medium church problems, and large church problems all at the same time. Yeah, You don't grow out of, usually you grow into and out of the problems that uh, based on the size of the church you have. And I would say that, uh, yeah, in, in every size church we have, you have to recruit someone else that has um, the passion that you have. And, and, and they, they may, not, may not even be the same amount of passion, but say, hey, listen, I'm willing to do this. And then you infuse passion into them by speaking vision to them by loving them and caring for them and and like i was saying if they literally if you have six kids 
Uh, we have a campus that's smaller. It has uh, right now it's a, it's, a, it's more of a startup campus. It has uh, we have probably like ten to eight to twelve kids, you know. And right now it's it's parents that are that are running it, and um, it's not something that the campus pastor is doing. It's something that that the parents are doing in such a way that they're they see the value of it and they're participating in it and. The, the challenge is, is that a lot of times churches, what churches will do, like, especially in small churches, if there's like, they'll find somebody that's willing to do it and they'll just, they'll just put them in there until they burn out. And they just serve every week, week in and week out, serving and loving those kids. And then they burn out and then you're gone. Hmm. And the most important thing you can do is to duplicate yourself in someone else, even in a context that's very small. So get someone else. So if you're in that situation, you have 25, you'll have 10 kids make it, uh, find somebody else and say, Hey, let's do this together. And you take turns, find someone else and say, Hey, let's do this. We'll take every third week. We'll take turns, you know, find someone else once a month, you know, and then get together and pray, uh, you know, get together and pray for those kids. And, you know, so it's, again, it's, and then in a big church, it's your job. You can be swallowed up by troubleshooting, find, recruit somebody to be the troubleshooter, and you be the non-anxious presence that's pastoring and loving and caring for people and going out in the lobby and dressing up like a usher and telling all the other ushers that this is a horrible job. <laughs> let's go do, let's go work with kids, you know, and that's, that's my, that's my go-to. And when, when numbers get a little low, I dress up like an usher and tell all the other ushers that this is a horrible job. And go work with kids. <laughs> so, wow. Real marketing. This is the closest I've probably ever come to making news on this podcast. Uh, those of you at a, at the other Redeemer, uh, make sure you're listening up. Um, all right, last thing I want. Last thing I want to make sure we do. You know, you and I have had the privilege of having many of these conversations, but one of the things that I want to make sure we, uh, as we look to the future, I want to make sure we do what you just said, which is pray. Um, so I'd ask that you close this out in prayer, particularly offering up, praying for this community of child disciple makers who are doing everything they can to bless this generation of kids. Mm -hmm. A phrase that I come back to often when you and I talk, uh, it's a phrase that uh, Valerie Bell first introduced me to, which is how do, we make, how do we help this generation of kids become the greatest generation of disciples this world has ever seen? Yeah. And I think... Um, the way we do that is through submission and I would love for uh, you to end our time together with a prayer blessing um, as we head out. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we, first of all, Lord, we confess our need and your supply and God, we thank you, uh, Lord, that you are faithful uh, in every season, every situation, every circumstance, Lord, you are always good. And I just pray right now for every ministry leader right now that might feel overwhelmed, might feel discouraged, might feel uh, alone. God, I thank you that they are not. Lord, you are with them. And Lord, the work that you've called them to is, is a great work. But Lord, it is a work that you've not called them to by themselves. Lord, you have called them to be the champion of it in the place that you've placed them. And Lord, most importantly, they don't do it alone. Lord, you build the house. Lord, you build your church. God, we plant, we water, but Lord, you bring the increase. And God, I just I just thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. And God, I just pray encouragement. I pray courage to the heart of every person that is hearing this, that you'd fill them with your grace. God, you empower them by your spirit. 
well, that they would disciple the next generation in such a way that those kids disciple the generation after them. And Lord, that we see, uh, Lord, as a byproduct of our faithfulness, Lord, we see your grace at work. Lord, because even when we're not faithful, you are. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we trust you in this. And Lord, we rest knowing, Lord, that you always do what's right. You always do what's good. I pray that you would give us the grace and the peace and the strength to accomplish what you have called us to do, where you have called us for our good and for your glory. Lord, we thank you for who you are and for the fact that you love these kids more than we do. Lord, we believe that. We know that to be true. And help us, Lord, to disciple kids well. Um, and we thank you and we worship you together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We will leave it there. Thank you, Sam Luce. The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org slash donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.